Hello, welcome to Audio Blobs. I'm Danny. I'm Matt. And this week we thought we'd do something in a similar vein to what we did with the Compression podcast. Yeah, kind of take a bit of a, a deep dive, as it were. Yes, but into EQ. Yes. Uh, equalization. And when you first suggested this as a topic for this week, when we were talking about what we were going to look at, yeah. Um, I did initially, my initial reaction was to think that I couldn't understand why we would, how could we spend, you know, half hour, 40 minutes talking about EQ? It's a very simple thing. There's not a lot to get your teeth stuck into there. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that actually, if you're um, kind of starting out and you've got, you've installed Logic or something on your computer, you open up Logic's built-in EQ and you've got a what's called a fully parametric EQ. Yeah. And it can be quite over-facing. Um, I think of EQ as quite simple because I I started learning on much simpler mixing desks and I was going to say, like you started probably in the same way that I did, where you start on a mixing desk that's got a gain knob and a big slider that controls how much of the thing, of of whatever you're playing, instrument, vocal mic, whatever that is, is going out of the desk. Yeah. And then probably three little dials yeah, bass, basically. mid, and a yeah. Treble. You have a you have, and we'll talk about what that type of EQ yeah, is called. But yeah, I started off on a on a mixing console that basically had a bass, a mid, and a high knob yeah. on it. Um, and so I think the probably the most efficient way to uh, get to the point where we're able to talk about something like a parametric EQ mm-hmm. um, would be to start off talking about how it works, how EQ works from that idea of just a bass, a middle, and a treble knob. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll kind of start there and we'll build towards parametric EQ and then we'll uh, play some audio examples of what you can do with EQ and how it works and how you might apply it to, say, some acoustic guitar or a vocal or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's worth noting all the audio examples that we do, we're just going to be using the, the stock Pro Tools 7-band EQ plugin. Nothing special. Nothing special, but it does the job, and that's the yeah. thing with EQ. Certain EQs are a bit more musical than others. They have different qualities and things like that, but we're just talking about the actual uh, physical operation of EQ and what it does. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose the thing to start with is is to talk about what EQ is. So from what I get out of EQ, my understanding of EQ is... Um, I read a a really good article uh, yesterday evening whilst I was doing some research, and the way they put it is sound sculpting. And I really liked that little analogy. It's kind of a cool little way. And I suppose um, what that means is EQ allows you to change the tone and timbre of the thing that you are listening to. Yes. Whether that is the overall mix of a finished track Mm -hmm. or whether that's an individual instrument in a song depending on what you're doing obviously um, it allows you to change the characteristics the sound of that particular thing that you're listening to yeah and i think a, a great that leads us into a really great place to start in terms of the type of eq that sure that people will have come across the most, which is, as you said, you can you know you can change the sound of the overall mix of a track. Now, yep. ev- everybody at home or in their car has a stereo, and that yep. stereo undoubtedly has a bass, middle, and treble knob, and and all those knobs do is they turn the volume of a particular set of frequencies up or down. Yeah. So uh, frequencies, because we're going to be talking about hertz and kilohertz and stuff like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. It's just worth saying that the the frequency is. What it actually is is it's the uh, the number of wave cycles per second. Yeah. But the lower the number, so ten hertz, for instance, is a lower frequency than ten thousand hertz. Yeah. Yeah. The human range of hearing is generally considered the the number that's quoted is twenty hertz to twenty kilohertz. Yeah, I was say it's twenty to twenty. Yeah. Isn't it? So um, when we're talking about frequencies, we're talking about higher frequencies. We're talking about the the top end sounds of the thing you're listening to. So in your car or on your stereo at home, if you crank the bass knob all the way up, you get all the low end turned up. That's all it's doing yep. is it's just turning the volume of it up without affecting the mid frequencies and the high frequencies. It's mm-hmm. leaving those alone, so it, your, your song becomes more bass heavy. Yeah. Um, and everybody's used them. Every, I mean, they're on your phone now. Yeah. Everybody's well, the, the best thing that uh, the best thing that I kind of came across is if you're so go onto your iPhone or whatever you're using. So I'm using an iPhone. So go onto your iPhone, and there are preset EQs. 
Yeah. So the best way, if you know nothing about this, stick on one of your favorite albums or one of your favorite songs. And in that three minutes that that song lasts, go into the preset EQs and you'll find there's one for rock, there's one for jazz, there's one for classical, there's one for spoken word. And you can go through all of these and you can literally, you know, you go from rock to a, uh, a spoken word thing and you will hear a dramatic sound change yeah. in what you're listening to. Now, the overall, the overall volume of the track won't change. But certain things will suddenly be picked out. Like there's a there's a like a bass booster EQ. Mm-hmm. Put that on, and you'll notice that you'll suddenly be able to hear a kick drum and a bass guitar much more uh, prevalently yeah. than you would, uh, you know, if it was on the vocal yeah. or the acoustic setting. And all or it's doing like is it's turning up that set of frequencies. Yeah, it's just it's just boosting that set of frequencies. Exactly. Um, so we will start. As I said, we'll we'll start with kind of the most basic sets of EQ, which is that. That similar, yeah, you know, three band, your, your three band, yeah, um, and we'll work our way up. So, on those most basic of mixing consoles, as we said, that's what you have. The same as you have on a car stereo or something. You tend mm-hmm. to have a bass, a middle, and a treble. Yeah, and that's a three band EQ. Each band being referred to as the as the set of frequencies, the band of frequencies that you're affecting. Yeah, and you can turn those up generally if it's a, an active EQ. That means zero will be flat, so it will just allow everything to pass through without affecting it. Mm-hmm. You turn it to the left, you turn it down, it's cutting it. You turn it to the right, you turn, you're, you're basically you're turning it up. You are adding more volume to that set of frequencies. Yeah. You can get four band ones that are similar. They'll often have low and high mid, so the mids are split out more. Yeah. It's a little bit more control. It's worth pointing out, when when you say you're adding more volume to a frequency, you're not adding more volume to the track. Well, you are. Well, you are, but <laughs> it, it not in quite the same way as turning up the gain or the master fader. No, you are. Um, I you're mean, turning up the decibel of the frequencies yeah. what that we'll, you're affecting. One thing when we do the audio examples, um, I'll make sure to do, because to, to compare how something sounds before and after EQ, you need to make sure that uh, you're listening to it at the same volume, and EQ yes. will affect the volume of a yeah. track. If, oh, you've, yeah. if you've made a load of boosts, Using your EQ, your track will be louder. So what we'll do is we'll level match it yep. so you can hear what's actually happening. Um, another kind of uh, simple and easy to grasp EQ is the graphic EQ, which you'll get in racks and stuff. They're yep. really good for live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not so much. You, know, you use them in the studio, but they're really handy for, for live stuff. People have, say, two graphic EQs for the front of house. Yeah. And those are the ones that are like the long strips with tons of sliders. tiny sliders, tiny yeah. faders on them. Um, they'll often be, you'll often hear to them referred to as 8-band or 16-band graphic EQs, and that's just telling you how many free- individual frequencies yeah. you can cut or boost. And you'll notice that uh, that Goldilocks uh, for, you know, the normal, the normal human ear, they'll probably start at maybe just below 20 hertz, so they normally start about, between 12 and yeah, 15, about 10 to 15 and go up to about 25. Yeah. So you've got a couple of bits. We'll talk about overtones. You kind of will need to talk about that a little bit, but those are the ones in those frequencies that you will you might want to use. and um, allows you to create good shelves and, yeah. and things like that. So. And you've got, because you've got all the frequencies lined up in a row, yeah. and to turn it up, you slide the slider up, the yeah. fader up, and to turn it down, you pull it down. They're really good for visually seeing what yes. kind of EQ curve Absolutely. you've created. Um, then you get into semi-parametric EQs. This is the first time we're adding a parameter that isn't just cutting or boosting. So until this time, yeah. all we've been doing is grabbing a knob that relates to a certain frequency yeah. and turning it up or down. Yeah. And semi-parametric EQs allow you to move the center frequency that you're cutting or boosting. Yes. So you will have two knobs. You'll have a, a gain knob, which is our standard volume up and down, the same on our, yep. our three-band bass mid treble EQ. Mm-hmm. But often alongside the mid one, and this is the most common kind of first step into semi-parametric EQs, yep. the mid frequency will be changeable. So you can pick what frequency yep. in the mid-range of the frequency spectrum you're you cutting boosting. or boosting. It gives yep. you a lot more control. Yeah. Um, because you're not you're not just boosting or cutting the frequency that the hardware or software manufacturer decided on. Yeah, those are kind of more common on a lot of uh, 
slightly more expensive consoles and bass amps. Yeah. Semi-parametric EQs are really common on, on you more get modern them on bass a, amps. You get them on a lot of the new digital desks, live mixing desks. So a parametric EQ yeah. um, is what you get as standard on a lot of things now um, with software. Yes. So, so the Pro Tools one is a Pro full Tools one is a fully it's a, it's a full seven band parametric EQ. Uh, the Logic one I think is six band. I can't remember. I haven't used Logic for a while, but it's a it's a parametric yeah, five EQ. Five or six band, I think. And yeah. it can be quite scary when you open it because you've got a lot of knobs. But actually, if you focus on one particular band at a time, it makes perfect sense. So just glancing over now at the uh, the Pro Tools one. Yeah. There's only three parameters you can change per band one of them's gain which we've talked about yeah one of them is the center frequency which we've talked about yeah so all we're adding now is the bandwidth or what's known as the q, q. factor yeah which i love that i love the q factor it's, it's just the best thing in the world explain it makes you it sound then. like a so okay so <laughs> the, the q, q factor is, is the james bond knob no um <laughs> star no, trek from star trek yeah of course um so uh, the q as as I understand it and how I use it, refers to bandwidth. Yes. So if, for example, you have your mid-frequency knob and you turn that up, so that works as your gain mm-hmm. knob, and what that does is that affects a collection of frequencies. So you're not just honing in on one frequency. So you're not honing in on 4,000 hertz and only boosting the 4,000 hertz mark. What you're doing is you're affecting 4,000 hertz as its primary frequency Mm -hmm. and then as basically like a little pyramid, like a sine wave on either side, if you Mm -hmm. imagine it like a sine wave, either side, you're also boosting or cutting those frequencies either side until it reaches its plateau again. It affects... It's you're you're affecting the neighboring frequencies. neighboring frequencies. So if you yeah. turn if you turn four thousand hertz up four dB. Yes. You haven't just in particular turned four thousand hertz yeah. up for four dB. You've turned the neighboring frequencies up with it. Yeah. And it's quite it's it's uh it's quite a hard thing to explain how the relationship of the number the Q number works because it's well, like it's a it's a variable and it's as well. relative, yeah. and and it's to do with kind of how much it decreases in terms of gain across yes. multiple octaves. But yeah. in the long and short of it, is a higher Q number, a higher Q factor. Yeah, is a smaller bandwidth. Yeah. which so, you're affecting. So basically, as you turn the Q dial up, the number of frequencies either side of your primary frequency say that's for 4k Mm -hmm. the number of frequencies the neighboring frequencies either side as you turn the q knob up decrease yes so you create a much steeper yes um sine wave i'm going to call it a sine wave don't get me confused with an actual (laughs) sine wave but that's probably the best way of describing it the triangle point from nothing to the point or boost or cut point back Mm -hmm. down again is much smaller as you decrease the q knob you affect more frequencies so uh let's give you let's give this an example if your q knob is set to zero right in the middle 12 o'clock whatever it is uh and you bought you boost 4k you might be affecting the frequencies from two and a half k through to 5k Mm mm-hmm that's quite a wide band. Yeah. But let's say that's your example. So 2.5K one side all the way through to 5.5K on the other side. So you'll go up to 4K to your boost or down to your cut, whatever it is, and then down the other side to 5.5. If you turn the Q knob all the way up, the range, the bandwidth that you're now affecting might be, I mean, this is depending on the particular um, piece of software or the the hardware that you're using. Obviously, everything is slightly different. But it may now only be affecting 3.8 kilohertz through to 4.2. So you now see you're only affecting a much smaller range. Mm -hmm. And this obviously works in the reverse. If you turn it all the way down, you may now be affecting... I don't know, from one kilohertz up one to, kilohertz 10, kilohertz up to or 10 or yeah. whatever it would be. This is the thing as well. So cues will affect 
the lower frequencies from the primary frequency and above the primary frequency equal yes. amounts. Yes, if you draw a line along your centre frequency, it's symmetrical. The curve yes, is perfectly the curve is symmetrical. symmetrical. But you can then use other uh, bands to pull that curve out of its symmetry by yes, affecting it differently. And can. this is where I think people start getting really confused. Yeah. If you uh, If you get up the logic or the pro tools or whatever piece of software you're using if you get up their standard eq it's got they all have now uh the little graph window that shows you the eq curve the exact line that you're building yes and a lot of people will go on uh youtube or something and look up how to eq a vocal and actually you know people will be doing making weird curves or people yeah. will be applying one you know i will this guy on YouTube told me to boost 4K on a vocal, so I'm going to boost 4K on a vocal. Yeah. What it's I, just a case of using your ears. Yes, please don't do that. <laughs> that's what that's my, what I would say is please do not do that because every room, every person, every, every instrument, mic. every microphone, even down to the resonance of the microphone stand that yeah. you're using will affect the EQ that you want to use. Yeah. So this is kind of all stuff. So please don't go onto YouTube. I mean, <laughs> do go onto YouTube, research it, absolutely. But ultimately use your ears and go, right, what sounds good? What sounds bad? Yeah. The other point that is definitely worth making now before we continue is this is not the gospel be start and finish point of EQ. God, no. It's such a personal thing. You know, some people I like. So in my mixes, I quite like a, I quite like a bass heavy mix. Some people hate that. Some people want, you know, to hear everything from, you know, the guitars and all the jangly stuff. They want to hear that really prominent on the top. In some things that works really well. In other things, it doesn't. So again, work with what you've got, you know, make sure it sounds good. Ultimately, that's the whole point. It's always a case of using your ears first and foremost and Absolutely. always your ears because and and we'll we'll do this now. We'll we'll go through some little quick audio examples and we'll kind of explain the the new aspects that we're learning about as we go through these examples. With we? Q as well, what I'm doing, I'm going to grab a couple of screen grabs so I can show you exactly what we mean by q yeah. so i'll do i'll 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 give you three screen grabs one where the q is set to well on, on mine it's set to one one when it's set all the way up and one when it's set all the way down so you can see exactly what we're chatting about because i oh, i completely get that it's maybe slightly foreign if you've not come <laughs> across it before uh we'll have a we'll have a quick chat about the different the, the most basic types of eq uh curves that you'll come across Yep. because um, there's there's a couple of different things to think about. And all all of these that we're about to talk about are operating on the exact same principle of just using uh, gain, frequency, and the, the bandwidth setting, the Q factor. So you can get um, bell curves, as they're called, are the most, the most common one. That's where yep. if you just turn up, Say you like you were talking about turning up four thousand hertz. It'll turn up four thousand hertz in a bell shape. Yes. So either side of it, you'll turn up a little bit of each one, and then it'll get to four thousand hertz, which is where it's got the most amount of gain. Yep. And then it'll turn and it'll flatten back out, depending on your bandwidth at a certain point above it, and it looks like a bell. Yep. Um, you can get shelves, which are pretty obvious. They look like shelves. So, for instance, if you use a high shelf filter at 5k yeah 5 kilohertz you turn up at 5 kilohertz but then it maintains that level of gain from 5 kilohertz onwards until yep. something else was was to come in and affect it yep so if you were to turn up 4 db from 5 kilohertz everything above 5 it'll ramp into it yep from say 4.6 kilohertz but everything above 5 kilohertz will be turned up the same amount that 5 kilohertz is it doesn't come yep. back down again afterwards um, and then you've got Shel uh, not shelves, um, low cuts and low high cut cuts. And high cuts, yes, uh, or low pass, pass and high pass, yeah. um, which just is a roll off. So if you put a low cut filter, also known as a high pass filter, yep. If you think about it, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> if you put a low cut filter and you say set it at a hundred hertz, it will just roll down everything beyond a hundred hertz 
at varying degrees. Yeah. You know, you're, you can set the cue of your low cut filter yep. to roll off everything at a different or at a, at a quicker or slower pace of, of decreasing the gain, essentially. Yeah. Do you want to say anything else? No, not really. I mean, it's it's now just a case of I think we need to work through some a couple of audio examples. Yep. Uh, so we'll work through a few audio examples for you and we'll change the EQs on the fly and we'll, it, we'll kind of talk you through what we're doing. So we'll listen to an audio example and we'll have it low in the mix and we'll bring that up for you and then we'll say, right, now what we're going to do is we're going to boost the low frequency and then yep. we're going to boost the high and uh, and then you can hear exactly what happens when you do each one yeah so i think we'll bring up a bit of acoustic guitar first i've just got a loop going here because that's a pretty good it incorporates a good range of frequencies yes so i think that's and and what we've got with both of these we've got a an acoustic guitar here and a vocal which i'll we'll use separately in a minute uh, they are just the dry tracks. Yeah, there's no, there's there's no, no process, pre-processing done to yeah. this. So this is just the dry track. So bring up a bit of guitar. So I think the easiest things to hear are low pass and high pass filter. Okay. So if we put the high pass filter in, and I'll just roll it in. So what this is doing is this is cutting the low frequencies away. So I'm just going to roll it up to a point at which we start to hear it so you can hear what it's doing. Yep. And it is getting quieter it because is, yeah. it's taking the frequencies away. Now, if we bring it way up, you can hear that's taken all of the frequencies out. Yeah. Basically, you are left with what that is, is that's set at three and a half kilohertz. <laughs> and with the curve that I've got on it, basically anything below about 500 hertz is just turned all it's the way down, off. essentially. Yep. So uh, let's pause that for a second so I don't have to listen to it. So a low-cut filter is really useful for cleaning up a track. Yes. Because you get a lot of, uh, a lot of junk entering the signal. Yeah. So you'll get, say, the, a car rolling past outside. Now, you might not be able to hear that. Your speakers might not even be good enough to reproduce that. Yeah. But once you've got all of these stacking up in a mix, mm -hmm. you suddenly get this kind of low-end buildup, which interferes with everything else. Yeah. A lot of people actually are of an opinion whereby they will low cut everything in a mix. To a certain degree, everything will be low cut. I have to say, I do this live. Cut a lot of low frequencies from everything, apart from the things that naturally occur in the low frequencies. So kick drum, uh, you know, low floor toms if you're talking drums, bass and guitar to an extent. Because when I want to go down, I want to be able to cut through. Sorry, hit my iPad. <laughs> uh, well, I want to be able to cut through in the, on the lower frequencies as well. But vocals and things like that, you don't... Unless you've got a real bassy, booming uh, yeah. male vocal, no, no one needs anything below 200, 150, 200 yeah. hertz on a, on a vocal. Yeah. Um, because in truth, you've got so much other information going on that is potentially around that kind of frequency, it makes no difference. You're yeah. not, you'll hear it, but you also won't hear it if you see what I mean. It's kind of, kind of counterintuitive. Actually, cutting bass will make the low end, from a mixing perspective, will make the low end of your mix sound tighter. Yes. And it can often Absolutely. actually make it sound like there's more bass in there because yeah. it's more tight and it's more refined. Yeah. You can actually get um, a clarity in the low end, which makes the low end feel a lot bigger than it yep. is. If you've got a lot of stuff in there jumbling it up, it feels washy. It doesn't feel very concise. Yep. It doesn't feel very kind of held together. Yeah. And you just get this kind of low end rumble. Yeah. Um, so. Absolutely. With an acoustic guitar, the easiest thing, and often with uh, low pass filter on most things, easiest thing to do is to just bring it in until you can hear it and then back it off a little bit. Yeah. So we'll do that with this here. I'm starting to hear it a little bit about yeah. there. You can really hear it about there, so I would set it about there-ish. So that's starting to roll off about 100 hertz. Yeah. And rolling off below that. We've still got the bass of the acoustic guitar, Yeah. but we haven't got the low-end junk that we don't need that doesn't yeah. add anything to the sound. All that adds is just noise. Yeah. It's not nice noise at that point. Yeah. Um, a, again, 
This is completely subjective. This is what <laughs> Danny true. and I are kind of looking at. If you want that bass thing, you know, if you've not got a bassist on your gig or you're recording just acoustic guitar, you may want a little bit more bass uh, than if you didn't have that extra instrument mm -hmm. because you want to fill out the sound a little. Yeah. But again, subjective. The high cut filter does the same in the opposite direction. Yeah. So I'll just bring it in so we can hear it. I'm just going to sweep it across and bring it down. And you can just hear it slowly taking all of the high frequencies out. We're starting to get a very muffled sound now. So I'm going to leave that off because actually, once possibly once I've boosted the highs on a acoustic guitar, I might come back and just roll off everything that's really high. I was going to say, I normally take off something about at about 15 or 16 kilohertz. Yeah. I normally take yeah, it. Yeah, a, yeah, anything a, above yeah. that, to be a honest. Once, yeah. we've, once we've kind of lifted some of the highs, which I'll undoubtedly do, we might bring that high cut back in. But for now, we'll just take that off and leave it out of the way. So, so that's your low cut and your high cut yes. filters. Everything else, realistically, that you're going to run into is a bell. Um, and there is a trick, the easiest and most sensible way to use a bell is to do what's called a sweep. And all that is, is boosting one of your bands so you can hear it quite clearly above everything else, yeah. and then moving it around until you hear something either that you don't like yeah. and then cutting it out the way, or yeah. something you do like and then boosting it. Yep. So what we'll do is I'm going to take one of my middle bands, I'm going to narrow the cue slightly so we get a a more precise part of the frequency uh, spectrum. Frequency, yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to I'm going to bring it up low in the frequency spectrum. I'm going to bring it up at about 150 200 hertz and I'm just going to slowly move it all the way through to about 510 kilohertz. Yeah. So you can hear what that's actually doing. So that basically sounds like a like an effect, like a yeah. flanger or something. So what I would do at this point with this guitar is I would start to take out some of this low mid boxiness that I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. um, now, which is about where, so that we can well, kind of let's, hear it. let's for the sake of for the sake of this example, let's say that let's assume that we don't know where that is. Okay. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring it up in the middle, and I know it's a lower kind of frequency that I want to get rid of. Yep. So I'm going to bring it up in the middle and I'm going to start to move it down and I'm going to stop to where I hear the frequency that it yeah, sounds that horrible like. prominently. Yeah. So here we go. I bring it up. That's about one kilohertz. Oh, there she is. It's about there. And you can hear it's kind of got that honky... Boxiness. It feels like it's acoustic guitar that you're hearing through a door. Yeah, it really you know, does. It's hearing in the next So group. that's 300 hertz. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to leave that frequency knob where it is, and I'm just going to take the gain knob down to zero, and then I'm going to pull a little bit of it out. So I'm just pulling out about 3.5 dB at that point. Basically what we're doing is we've isolated a frequency that we don't like the sound of in our acoustic guitar. And then you take it all the way down to zero. You take that frequency down to zero, so it's completely, not normalized, but it's completely flat. And then what you do is you find it, so in this case it's 350 hertz. You narrow the cue, which you've probably already done if you've been sweeping around. And then you just drop some of that frequency out because that's going to take away the sound that you don't want. At yeah. this point, you're reducing something that you don't want. Mm -hmm. So now we'll do the opposite. We'll look for a frequency that we do want. Okay. So you're a guitarist. What do you think this recording of this acoustic guitar is lacking? Okay, let's have a little bit of a listen. It's kind of lacking a bit of sparkle. It yeah. kind of wants to cut through a little bit more. You know? Okay, it so that's... That's so going to be kind of high mid stuff. Kind of around the 1K, yeah. 1.2K mark. So something what like we'll, that. we'll do is we'll turn another band on. Uh, I'm going to reduce the cue a little bit, and we're just going to bring the gain up. This is at 2K at the moment. So it's not that that it's missing. It's not that. We so don't. I don't like that. So let's bring. I would go. 
where's that? That's about 2.2, 2.3. Out there. Let's go a little higher. You'll notice as well, as you go up higher into the frequencies, the sound dramatically changes. It becomes quite a lot more tinny. Yeah. Um, so I reckon, let's bring it back. About we'll come back down. So that's from 5K. Let's sweep down from 5K and okay. kind of decide where we want to boost it. So the higher end of that, I reckon, sounded nicer. Yes, definitely the higher end. So you're probably talking about three, three, 3, 3. 1. 2. Yeah. So we'll leave it at 3.2 and we'll bring it down. And now I'm going to widen that cue again, just so we get a nicer lift across there. Because as a general rule of thumb, cut with a narrow bandwidth, yes. boost with a wide bandwidth. Yeah, I was going to say that. And you don't definitely. want to boost too much. So that's just a lift of about 2 dB there. And what I'm probably going to do, actually, is turn that into a shelf. Yes. Because yep. I, I kind of want everything above that point lifted. So here you'll hear the difference. So that's as a bell at the moment. I'll take it away and put it in as a shelf. And you hear that's just brought kind of that airy, yep. nice, light, yep. kind of pristine quality nice, out a little bit. Strummy, strummy guitar. And this is then when I bring in my high cut filter just to tidy up, just to clean up the top end, just everything above about. 15k just yeah. to make sure it's not too harsh it's not too bright so if we listen to what we've done with our eq there before and after this is our un original uneqed guitar and then if we flick on the eq just sounds a little bit more it's not as full it's not as in your face yeah it's a little bit kind of more just, tame yeah it just sounds more like you would expect an acoustic guitar because it's not got all of the the extra frequencies. So you've cut a load of the low frequencies, so that kind of rumbliness is gone. The high frequencies, that super kind of like cutting, jangliness, which you, sometimes sounds great, but actually for this doesn't really work. Obviously, for the purpose of the example, doesn't work. <laughs> you can kind of get rid of that. There's obviously that boxy quality. We've got rid of that, and we found a nice... Um, a nice couple of frequencies and we've we've boosted those ones mm -hmm. uh, sounds nice yeah so let's should we have a look at the vocal we can do yeah absolutely okay so let's bring a bit of this vocal up i mean i don't I, and you kind of work in the same way that i do but one of the things that uh are one of the best kind of little little tips that i was given is if you're looking to eq things and you want to boost a certain set of frequencies. Actually, it's better to take away than it is to yes. give. Yes. So actually, EQ is yes, always, always more beneficial. Yeah, always, always, always. So actually, if you're going, oh, I really wish uh, this electric guitar was cutting through in the mix a bit more. The first thing that you think to do is go, cool, right, where's the EQ that I want to boost? Where's that? Where is that? cutting sound that i want to get through in my mix and we'll put more of that in mm -hmm. well actually probably the best thing to do is to find that and then drop the things that are either side it that's the yeah. thing that i always find yeah and it and then turn and then turn that guitar up a little and then bit. turn the yeah. guitar up a little bit yeah turn the actual output of the guitar yeah up. because you're taking you're, you're clearing space for other stuff at the same time yes as bringing your guitar up in the yeah. mix um you're the, the thing is with, with the frequency spectrum and when you're mixing stuff is that everything uh, occupies a space. Yeah. And if you've got a lot of different instruments or a lot of different sounds all vying for the same part of the frequency spectrum, yeah. no single one of them is going to sound its best. Whereas if you've created a bit of space for your vocal within your piano, for instance, if you've got a recording of a grand piano and a vocal, yes, you create a little bit of space in the grand piano for the vocal to yeah. sit where the grand piano isn't so loud in that part of the frequency spectrum. Yeah. You don't need to boost all of these frequencies 
in your vocal that are just going to end up fighting with the piano, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, subtractive EQ is always more beneficial. And it took me a while to realize that. I used to grab EQ knobs and, and just crank them all the way up. And that does work in some contexts. Yes. I'll often do it. I'll often find a frequency that sounds great and just turn it way up, especially on like snares and kick drums and stuff like that. Yeah. But you do start to, you have to be aware of, um, for instance, if we're talking about a snare, if I crank a frequency I really like in a snare, I'm aware as I move on in my mix that that's the space that my snare is occupying. Yeah. And if for whatever reason I find later on that my, uh, my the let's say the top end of the snare is fighting with the vocal, then I know that I've got to make a decision in that part of the frequency spectrum. Do I really want that snare yeah. pushing through? If I do, I'm going to have to choose another way to bring the vocal out. Yeah. I can't have them competing for that exact same part of the frequency yeah, spectrum. Sure. Shall we have a look at this vocal then? Let's have a look at some vocals. All right. So we just got a, a it's worth reiterating again this is a female vocal. Uh this is what we do to this would be completely different to even any other female vocal that I might do. Yeah. But the principles are what we're trying to describe here. Yeah. So let's bring it up and have a listen to it. Again, just a completely dry vocal Life channel. Life and love are the same. Life is Aisha. Okay, so... The meaning of as we were talking about with, with low cut filters, really important with vocals. So we'll do the same as we did before. We will turn it on and I will roll it up until we can hear it and then I'll start to bring it back. We have a listen. The meaning of her name Isn't she lovely? Life and love So you can hear it acting quite hard there. Yeah. You can hear it doing a lot. So roll it back a little bit. The meaning of her about there, about 170 hertz is starting to roll off. Lovely. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. In in the context Life like this, you might think that was too much, but actually in the context of dropping it into a mix, Life that would make a big Aisha. difference to how the vocal sat in the mix. Okay, so should we do the same as we did before and find ourselves a nasty frequency? Yeah, let's find ourselves we'll, a nasty frequency. And we'll, we'll take it out. So we'll just bring the gain up on this band here and I'll just take Isn't it up to the top and I'll sweep it all the way through. Life and love are the same. Life is Aisha. So some nasty stuff about there. Yeah. Let's see what we've got a bit lower. The meaning of her name. Isn't she lovely? That's really nasty. You can hear it's just Life it's just something that it doesn't it just doesn't sound natural. Obviously doesn't sound nice. boosted massively. Yeah, so oh yeah, it's turned up 18 dB at this point. Yeah. Um just gonna reduce the cue and try and find more precisely exactly where that frequency is. So So now we're turning the cue up. That reduces the bandwidth, reduces the uh, the neighbouring frequencies that you're affecting, and allows you to more precisely locate that frequency yeah. that's giving you the nasty noise. Okay, so that's at about 460 hertz. So we just bring that all the way down and out, not completely out. So if we just listen to the difference that that's made, this is before I pulled it out. Isn't she lovely? And this is after. Life and love it's a subtle difference. That's much clearer. Much, already, much though. clearer, yeah, because there's not this kind of lower frequency that's interfering with a large part of the vocal, yep. actually. It's just adding stuff we don't want there. Um, the next thing I'd probably do on this is a, is a high shelf. Life is Aisha. Just to bring some of that air up. The meaning of isn't she just lift the top end. You can just hear how that's lifting. So before, life and love are the same. And after, life is Aisha. It's just a little bit brighter. Just sits a little bit better. Yep. Let's do another uh, band sweep and see what we life can see. What else is there? The same. Life is Aisha. So it's pretty brittle there. That's about the meaning two hertz, two kilohertz. Name. Sorry. Isn't she lovely? And that's really nasty there. Life and love are the same. So I'm going to bring Life that's between Aisha. kind of two and a half kilohertz up to three. Yeah. I'm just going to pull a bit of that away. So actually, what I've done lovely? is I've just scooped a little out before my high shelf, which actually a lot of high shelf 
um, filters would do that. They would have that the, the kind of natural, especially on hardware stuff, the natural shape of the high shelf is it's going to just bring a little bit. It's going to put a little cut in before it lifts it. Yeah. So we've actually just done that manually. Anything else you want to do or should we have a listen to it before and after? Let's have a listen before and after. Okay, so here it is before. Isn't she lovely? Life and love are the same. And then EQ on. Life is Aisha. The meaning of her name. See, now these are just subtle changes. Yeah. But they're they're just kind of making the, in that case, the vocal just feel a lot more like you want it to sound. Yeah. It's taking away, say, any um, kind of frequencies that are building up in the room or any kind of frequencies that the mic might have a tendency to accentuate yeah. or things like that. And it's just tidying them up just so you get kind of a a more neutral, more pleasant sound yep. that you can then go and compress and you can work with. And, you know, I would I would take this vocal at this point and I'd, I'd then go and compress it after I'd EQ'd it. Yeah. I'd probably then add another layer of EQ and start making actually more musical changes to it. Yes. And starting to uh, to try and think about how it sits in the mix, but as a as a starting place, we've just taken out of that vocal. We've just taken out about four hundred and sixty hertz, taken a tiny tiny bit out at about four point five kilohertz. Obviously, we put that low cut filter in, and then we've rolled everything up from that two and a half kilohertz upwards just to lift the top end a little bit yeah and that will just allow it to sit in the mix a bit better it won't sound too dull it won't sound too bright and too harsh the problem is a lot of the time especially with female vocals is once you start to crank them up to get them to sit in a mix nicely it starts to sound quite brittle and quite yeah. harsh and what that is is there's a lot of that stuff around that kind of two kilohertz area which is just really grating on your ears to listen to a loud yeah. volumes for a large amount of time that's kind of how to how I use EQ, which I think is probably a fairly uh, it's kind of a fairly not a standard way of using EQ, but it's it's the standard kind of go to way of making things sound better. Yeah, you know, it's the right what in here sounds bad. Let's get rid of those things. What in here sounds good. Let's have more of those things. Yeah, no, completely, and that's that's all it is really at the end of the day. Yeah, that's all EQ is. What you can do, so this we're using is a, a full parametric EQ. You can do this with a three-band, three-knob EQ. Yes. Obviously, you don't you have... do the, it with this level of precision. Exactly. You don't have the same level of control as you do with a full graphic parametric EQ. But you can still achieve the things that you need to. You can still find... You know, is it for the mid frequencies that are sounding harsh? Is it the high frequencies? The most logical thing to have is a semi-parametric EQ and to have a low knob, which is just gain. Yes. A high knob, which is just gain. And then a mid knob, which allows you to do that, yeah. to, to alter that frequency. So you can do that sweep thing and yeah. just pull out the stuff that sounds nasty. Yeah. A really, really easy way of grasping this is to load up an EQ like the standard ones in Pro Tools or the standard ones in Logic. Yeah. Because they've got that curve and it presents you with that curve and you can grab the little nodes inside the curve and you can just move them around. Yeah. And you can just hear how it sounds. Um, somebody once uh, told me a really good way to kind of get used to frequencies because I'm, I do this a lot. I do this quite a few, number of hours a day. Yeah. And you get used to hearing what a certain frequency sounds like. Yeah. So if I, for instance, mic up a snare drum and I hear something I don't like, I can pretty quickly dial that in and, and cut it out of the way yeah. because I know what it sounds like. But I've got there by just importing stereo tracks of songs that I like into Logic or something, putting an EQ on them and just moving stuff around yeah. and really listening. If I boost at 60 hertz, A, what does it sound like? And B, what does it do to the mix? What does it bring forward? What does it kind of overshadow? You know, yeah. if we're talking 50, 60 hertz, you're going to be bringing forward the kick drum. Yeah. You know, because that's the the space that the kick drum's occupying. And you'll hear those things. And if you're doing that on one of these EQ plugins that come as standard with your door, you're seeing what you're doing at the same time. And the, the way it graphically presents yeah. it to you is really, really useful. One caveat of that is don't EQ with your eyes. Oh, never. 
use your ears and and move things around because I find actually EQs with just knobs are far you, you end up being far more musical with them because you're just grabbing knobs and moving it and you're yeah. not hearing you're not sorry you're not seeing the changes you're making you're just hearing the changes you're making and this is one thing that I found so um I use the uh, the QSC desks for my live uh, my live sound and I absolutely love the QSC parametric EQs yeah it's a great thing but it's taken me about nine months to a year to get used to not having dials in front of me and not having a semi-parametric EQ, which I used to have before, because initially it's a much more sterile way yeah. of EQing until you get used to doing it, because it's a much more uh, visual thing, because you actually literally have to be looking at what you're doing yeah. and you have to be moving several things at once. Um, it can mean that, you get a bit bogged down with, right, actually, where is it sounding good? And you kind of end up double-guessing yourself mm -hmm. because you kind of go, oh, that sounds good. Oh, but it shouldn't because it's in that band and I've got something else that's in that band. Yeah. So should I be taking that away rather than... Well, again, it it doesn't matter. If it sounds good... It is good. It is good. Who's that? Who? That's a quote. It is. I can't remember if who it is. It sounds good. It is good. It's like Duke Ellington, I think. But no, it's that's so true. And I tell that to the people I teach all the time. And yeah. I often find myself falling into the mistake of looking at an EQ curve that I've created and going, should a vocal really look like that? <laughs> but who cares? Because I don't look at the EQ curve when I'm doing it on the desk. Yeah. I, I do it until not. it sounds good. Who cares yeah. that I've just boosted 8 dB at, at 15 kilohertz? <laughs> it sounds good, you yeah, know? exactly. So... You've you've got to take these the having the visual representation there is a, is really great, yeah. but it is not the be all and end all. It is not your it is not how you should be using your EQ. Yeah, what what is brilliant? So just kind of continuing on the live thing because obviously that's when I'm mainly using EQs and things like that. Um, a full parametric EQ when you're used to knowing what frequencies feed back most yes and being able to go oh i've got feedback it's coming from this instrument it's a vocal mic or whatever it I'm is pulling down this you can you know i've i've got much better over the past year at being able to go cool there's feedback coming from there it's probably going to be around mm, probably about 1.8 and you can just you know, expand it or squash the Q curve and just take that frequency yeah, just out. Pull it straight and out. Just put it completely yeah. out. That's when it becomes completely invaluable. But I've only got to this point where I've gone through having a three knob EQ, working out how to be musical with that and with a semi parametric EQ to mm -hmm. work out what sounds good and learning on that and going, right, I need to trust my ears. Always trust your ears. And then going on to EQs in studios and moving on to the digital desk where yeah. you go, okay, now I've got all this control, still use my ears to see what it sounds good. And then as and when things change during a, a live set, as and when, you know, second set, everyone starts digging in a little bit more. So you're going to get maybe a little more feedback or, you know, your drummer starts hitting his snare drum a little bit harder. You know, you might want to drop either the total overall volume or some of the frequencies mm -hmm. so that actually it's not quite so cutting or piercing. It's not ringing as much or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. No, I think you were going to talk about harmonics. Harmonics and overtones. Overtones, yeah. yeah. So this is where frequencies start interacting with other frequencies. Mm -hmm. So say, let's go back to our thing, we're boosting a thousand, one kilohertz. That's not just going to affect the 1000 kilohertz. It's also going to affect other frequencies. So you kind of need to be aware that whatever you boost or cut is also going to boost or cut frequencies above and below that. Because obviously everything is a waveform and is a musical waveform. And those waveforms interact and cross over all the time. So that cycle that we were talking about right at the beginning, which is our frequency, yeah. the, the number of wave cycles per second, yeah. if you've got something that's got 50 and something that's got 100, you're going to have crossover yeah, they're because interacting every, they're with each interacting other. with yeah. each other. So you kind of need to be a little bit aware. I mean, that is that is a massive deep dive. And to be honest, it's something that I've never really, I know that it's there mm -hmm. um, and in honesty, you're only ever going to really hear those overtones if you 
are planning to accentuate them massively. Yeah. Or if you're listening on full, you know, a ridiculous mastering suite, that's yeah. when you're going to start hearing those. You know, if you're mixing in your bedroom on your headphones, to you're be honest, fine. you're not going to need yeah. to worry about it. But it is worth, you know, if you're if you're liking what you're hearing about EQ and you want to dive into it a bit more, um, go away and have a read about overtones and um, and harmonics. Because there is a, there's a surprising, yeah. surprisingly large amount to this topic that I didn't realise to begin with. Because you, we can talk about things like dynamic EQs, which only react when yeah. that frequency. Let's say you want to cut at five kilohertz, it only starts to cut you tell it i only want you to cut once five kilohertz starts going above this volume and things like that there's yeah. a lot to it but i i highly recommend that as you said people read a little bit more and that you just start just import even if you've got nothing to mix just import a copy of your favorite song into logic or whatever daw you use and yep. just start pulling nodes in that eq around and hearing yeah. how it affects the sound what what sounds it's bringing out, what sounds it's overshadowing, and and really kind of listening to what occupies different parts of the frequency spectrum. It I mean, also the, give it's a really good education for learning to mix different styles of music as well. Yeah. I think that's a good place to leave it, actually. Absolutely. I think to get any deeper into this would be silly. I think people can learn uh that's that's a that's a good overview, Definitely. and I think if anybody wants to look into it a little bit more, there's so much written about this online. Yeah. Um, if there's, you um, want us to look at it a bit more, then let us know. We'll happily, yeah, for we'll sure. happily go kind of into dynamic EQs and and parallel EQ processing and stuff yep. like that. Um, but I think as a as a concise introduction to EQ, that works pretty well. Definitely. Um, there's a great article on digitaltrends.com cool. about EQ. Um, that's where I dug up a load of bits and pieces that actually was really interesting to read last night when I was uh, doing the research for this one. Awesome. Um, so digitaltrends.com, have a look on there. Um, and come and find us, Instagram, at Audioblobs. Uh, Twitter is at Audioblobscast. Uh, Facebook forward slash Audioblobs. Or drop us an email, um, which is audioblobs at gmail.com. And let us know if there's something like this that was requested that we looked into um just give us a shout drop us a message you know tweet us you know do whatever you like poke <laughs> us on facebook we don't care we just want to <laughs> we want to know what you want us to uh, to have a look yeah, at always and we'll see you next time yeah absolutely have a good one Some see bye. you in a bit bye